Hello, everyone. This is Jay Dobbins, your host of the Marvel DC Universe Fan Club. We are now at episode 92, and I want to wish everyone a happy new year. So I'm a little late. I'm pretty much late on that. So, But yeah, I hope everyone enjoy their new year, and I would like to kick the new year off with two topics, which will be uh, revisiting Iron Man ahead of Avengers Infinity War. And of course, the second one would be uh, Marvel Pub uh, Marvel Publishing uh, a free Black Panther sampler comic ahead of the Black Panther movie. So, but I, I want to start with uh, revisiting Iron Man ahead of the Avengers Infinity War. So, as we count down to the long-awaited Uber team up. Avengers Infinity War, which will come out May 4th. Entertainment Weekly's uh, movie club is preparing, oh sorry, was was preparing by uh, revisiting the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in weeks, in the weeks leading up to the mega size movie. Um, so, uh, Entertainment Weekly the counts. Uh, Chancellor uh, Aggard um, had revisited uh, one Marvel movie a week. Every week, it uh, reassesses its uh, powers and hopefully answer important questions like, "What was the Incredible Hulk? Does Nick Fury, you know, wash his eye patch? And is there a point to Hawkeye?" along the way so these are his words not mine so he was like you know so during the week you know last week he was you know he decided to begin with a surprise hit that started it all pretty much which was iron man so but uh iron man came out in 2008 10 years ago this may of course um while i don't remember much from that year, I do remember attending the 7 p.m. Thursday night preview screening of the movie um, with someone, you know, with some, my sister and my father, you know, some relatives, other relatives as well, you know, like siblings, um, other siblings as well. So at that point in my life, I was obsessed with the Fox Medical uh drama house with you know which is which is a show that my father watched a whole lot so I would watch it with him at times well actually my father was more obsessed than, than I was so just want to set the record straight on that one still religious and still religiously watching smallville which that was my favorite show right there so every you know few months you know, every few months would uh, reread Marvel's The Ultimates, of course, a series on a parallel a parallel Earth uh, that more closely resembled our own, where the Avengers were redubbed The Ultimates because it was uh, the Medots where, sorry, were at the so at the start of their career, 
and the U.S. government arm in the war on terror. So Iron Man should have been the perfect movie for me, of course, with Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr.'s charismatic turn as a genius, a whole, um, a post-9-11 setting that mirrored the ultimate Marvel Universe, and uh, the simple fact that it was about a superhero, but in a surprise twist, it wasn't. In fact, I liked it, of course. And, you know, and for many years, it was my favorite movie. Uh, it was my favorite, you know, phase one movie, pretty much. I saw The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. So... Uh, the Incredible Hulk is not a movie I would see a second time, to be honest with you. I mean, Edward, Edward Norton was a good actor, but I like the 2003 version of Hulk better. But uh, but as far as Iron Man 2, you know, it was okay. I mean, I'll probably still buy that on iTunes anyway. But uh, anyway, moving on. So at that time, my biggest problem with Hulk was that, well... I wouldn't say I actually I really never really had any problems with Iron Man. I mean, I probably had problems with the second Iron Man film, but I mean, just a little bit, but not as much. So um the spoilers were also a very good, you know, good part of the movie, so it did hype it up. So and uh Yeah, you know, I I I, I I thought there was enough action to it. So, but yeah, that's but yeah, he pretty much. The thing is, like you know, he was. I mean, like uh, what's that guy's name? Chance uh, Chancellor Algard was. Well, let's just say his his role was. Let's just say his version, his opinions were kind of different to, with what I'm elaborating with you guys right now. So he was like, okay, you know, he he felt like he was pacing, you know, it, you know, the pacing was too slow, wasn't enough action, but I thought there was enough action. So, but um, and related to that point, Jeff, you know, Jeff Bridges' villain was super forgettable according to him, but I thought that Jeff Bridges was memorable. So, but you know what? Instead of just talking about him, about Chancellor Edgard, I'm also just going to, you know, say what he thought. I'm just going to say what I thought. That way, you know, it this episode would pretty much flow better instead of just talking about him. But um, he thought that, uh, so, you know, he just, he thought that Obadiah Stane was, you know, forgettable, you know. So he's like, yeah, you know, if anybody else, you know, he thought that Obadiah Stane was a ridiculous name. So, I mean, that's just his opinion, but I thought that, Obad you know, I mean, Obadiah Stane was pretty much a character in Iron Man comic books anyway, so I figure, you know, I mean, I like the name anyway, so, but, you know, it, it, he didn't, so. And, uh, 
the things he, you know, the things that he liked were, you know, which I think we both agree on, which was Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, his uh, crackling chemistry with Gwyneth Paltrow, who played his long-suffering assistant Pepper Potts, and of course, the end credits scene were, you know, featuring Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. My father, you know, so he, of course his friends and him argued, you know, about it. You know, my me, my father, and my family never really argued about the film. So they loved it. I loved it. You know, and of course his friends, you know, his friends loved it. But for some reason he didn't. He thought it was annoying. But I mean, this guy was like 15 years old at the time. So, but uh. So that's you know what he believed, but uh, you know, but uh, you know what? I'm not even going to bother reading the rest of this. Of reading, you know, I'm not going to bother giving you any more information about what this guy thinks about the Iron Man films. So, and I'm just going to just talk about what I think, because you know what this guy was thinking was pretty negative. You know, he didn't like any of the Iron Man films, but I do. So, you know, I'm just going to just forget about him and I'm just going to discuss my opinions. I figure you guys would rather hear that anyway. But, um, but yeah, Iron Man 2, I like how Whiplash was introduced. Um, I like how War Machine was introduced, even though Terrence Howard was booted out of the sequel and it was replaced with Don Cheadle. So, but you know, I still like how they did War Machine and how War Machine and Iron Man work together. Um, also, I like how, you know, even though Phil Coulson had his, uh, his little brief appearance in the second film, you know, he was, he did have an important role he um in the Avengers film, so but yeah, I like I like the special effects. I like the storyline. I liked all you know, I liked you know, the other Iron Man Mark film. I mean, um Mark suit, the little silver the red and silver. So I thought that was pretty good. And then Iron Man three, I like how they did all the multiple Iron Man suits, of course. I like how, you know, he was able to p- plant a chip in his body to in to where he could control all of his uh, suits, because you know all of his suits were encoded to him, so he could call his suit. He call on call on his suit pretty much, which, which I thought was cool though. So Iron Man three, you know, I would like. I, I mean, I didn't mind watching that more than once. It was very exciting for me. So, but uh. That's all I'm going to have to, uh, oh, actually, there was a, there was a main antagonist, I forgot to mention the main antagonist in the third film, which is Aldridge Killian, he had that little, uh, I cannot remember what that project was, where he was experimenting on people, but, um, yeah, I mean, I thought it flowed, so, 
But um, that can. But yeah, that concludes this topic. So now I'm gonna focus on topic uh, number two, which is the little Black Panther free comic sampler. We'll talk about that now. So yeah, so Marvel was publishing a free. Black Panther sampler comic ahead of the movie. So, Ryan Coogler's long-awaited Black Panther film will finally arrive in theaters next month with Chadwick Boseman playing T'Challa, the king of fictional African country Wakanda, who doubles as a panther-suited superhero. Uh, Boseman's portrayal has recently gained strength, uh, has uh, gained steam thanks to high-profile appearances in Captain America Civil War and the recent Avengers Infinity War trailer. But the uh, but the average Marvel fan would be uh, forgiven for not knowing everything there is to know about Black Panther, such as I mean, such fans are in luck, of course, because later this month, Marvel is publishing a free uh, sampler comic of uh, various Black Panther stories over the years. So hopefully, um, named Black Panther um, start you know start here. The issue will contain excerpts from multiple Black Panther comics in the Marvel canon. Um, so readers will get a taste of best-selling author. Tanahisi Cotez, um, so recent run on the character, of course, as well as the two percent spinoffs from the main comics, sorry, from the main Black Panther comic, Black Panther and the Crew, a miniseries about T'Challa and his allies battling police violence and systemic racism, also written by Cotez, and. World of Wakanda, a series written by Roxane Gay and Yona Harvey that highlights Wakanda's powerful female characters, but there will be uh, there will also be um, samplings of older uh, stories such as Reginald Holden and John Romita Jr.'s mid 2000s uh, Black Panther run, and. Um, for uh, further reading, interest, uh, interested fans would do well to check out Cote's, uh full-length Black Panther collections as a next step, since they often contain older T'Challa stories from the 70s from creators including, including Don McGregor. So, Black Panther Star Hero will be available to retailers on June 30. Sorry, not June. Sorry, January 31st. January 31st, in local comic shops, giving fans time to brush up on their history before the film hits theaters February 16th. So that concludes this topic. Of course, feel free to uh, visit us and like us on Facebook. We are available on iTunes. And the Google Play Music app, and soon, you know, and we'll, this episode will be on YouTube soon.